And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, on this fine show. My name is Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely, mild Friday evening in Pittsburgh. And I always, as I always say, I hope it's lovely and mild wherever you are in Steeler Nation at the moment. And happy Thanksgiving, a uh, day late, but it's, we're going to be celebrating all weekend, aren't we? I think that's, I really miss the old days of being in school when times were much simpler. And I would always get free. Don't really have that anymore, but maybe I'll get a job like that again soon. And anyway, enough about my problems. Before I continue with tonight's broadcast or streaming show, I want to please encourage you to like and subscribe to our Behind the Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day, including this show. Uh, if you were tuning in earlier on Friday, you saw the Touchdown Under program with friends from Australia, Maddie Everall, and Mark. Uh, over the weekend, we have uh, We Run the North with Kevin Tate and his friends. Uh, we have State of the Steelers with Daniel J. Uh, we have the Steelers post-game show. Uh, um, actually, that'll be on Monday, but but we have that usually on Sundays or Monday in the case of this this coming Monday against, against the uh, after the Colts game. On Mondays, we have the Hangover with Brian. Brian Anthony Davis, Shannon White, and yours truly this week. That'll be on Tuesday. And, you know, uh, we have the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and Rich Schofield. We have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon White. We have Preview every Thursday with Dave, Jeff, and Brian. Uh, I think it's all the live shows. Uh, you can catch all those live shows also live on Facebook. And if you're watching me right now on Facebook, you know that, and you're probably saying something really mean. It's, it's Facebook. That's what happens on Facebook. It, it must be the algorithm. I don't know. It's in, the, it's in the design. But hello on Facebook, and I hope you're not saying anything mean, really. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Anyway, you can catch all those shows also after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing, wherever you can find podcasts, anywhere on, on online, you can find Behind the Steel Curtains podcast crew. So please check that out. And check out Behind the Curtains audio-only podcast, including Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, The War Room with Maddie Peverell, Bed Language with Brian Anthony Davis, From, from the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, What You's Talking About with Kyle Kreiss, The Steelers Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. We just have so many shows for you. So please, please check it out. You will not be sorry. Get so you'll be so well informed, you'll be able to go and brag to your friends. Not brag to your friends, I wouldn't brag, I would just like work your steel knowledge into any conversation. Maybe you're trying to find a date, maybe you're trying, you're at, you're at uh, a Thanksgiving uh, and you're trying to make small talk uh, with the family because they're talking politics, and you're not supposed to do that during Thanksgiving dinner. You can just work in a bunch of steel knowledge. You can find behind the podcasting family. And also check out Behind the Curtain, the website. We bring you news. We bring you commentary, film breakdown. Anytime there's there's something huge, anytime there's something small, 
we bring it to you. And, 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 and it's the hardest working Steelers site on the internet, in my opinion. So please check it out. And let's check out the live chat. Who is, do we have with you with me this evening, the day after Thanksgiving? Who was number one in the live chat? And it was Kathy Ford. And she says, hey, Tony and Steelers friends. Hello, Kathy. Mark Ballone, the legendary Mark Ballone, the quarterback from the 80s. In my opinion, he got a bit of a bad rap in the 80s, but still, it's nice to see him back 30-plus uh, years later joining uh, the hangover. The hangover, wow. Joining the six-pack every Friday night. He's, he's, such a, he's such a fixture now. Jared Devil's with us, always, always a fixture, too. George Teston, speaking of fixtures, you're all fixtures. Brian Brown, Mark Tobin, Justin, who is a, 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 too far, a far too infrequent guest of ours. But hello, Justin. She says, hello, Tony and Steeler family. George Hoover, that's a new one, from YouTube. Daniel Red from Facebook. Art Gordon, that's a really, uh, that's a, that's a really uh, fancy name from Facebook. And he asked, do you believe in Kenny? I mean, I believe in the process. It's too, it's, as I've been saying, as I wrote on Friday, it's too early to believe or disbelieve in Kenny Pickett. And more on that later. Brian Brown. Uh, I think I think I got everybody. Yes. Oh, the Cuda. The Cuda's with us. Welcome. All right. Uh, I'll get I'll get this question out of the way right, right away since uh, Brian Brown is asking it. Then I'll get into my my spiel. And he asks, Tony, do you think this is Anthony McFarland's last chance to show the Steelers something? I mean, I think uh, I think they've uh, they pretty much know what they have in him. I think they they really like Jalen Warren, and of course, of course, Najee Harris is is their is their guy. So I think McFarland's just here as kind of like a a um, a filler until Warren gets healthy again. That said, I mean, you know, if he has a big game, you know, it, it, he, he could put himself back on their radar. I, I never say any, anybody has a last is under last chance. First of all, he's only in his third year. So, I mean, he made the team the first two years. Then he was cut and signed to the practice squad. Now I guess he's back or he will. I'm not sure. The, uh, the injury injury report on Friday was, 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 um, incomplete. They, uh, I don't think they ruled anybody is out. If I am mistaken, please uh, inform me of that live chat. I checked the uh, injury injury report, which was released about seven or eight hours ago, and and uh, I didn't say anybody was listed as out. So I don't know yet about Jalen Warren. He has a hamstring injury, uh, but I don't think it's McFarland's last chance. I think uh, if he doesn't if he doesn't uh, perform well in this. If, if he gets another chance, uh, he'll probably just go back to the practice squad and uh, they'll keep bringing him back until, you know, they've decided that that uh, they're going to move, move on from him. So, all right. Let's start things off by talking about a little bit about last Sunday's game, a kind of depressing 37 to 30 loss to the Bengals at Acroshore Stadium. It was one of those games where I, I really thought, kind of like the Dolphins game a few weeks earlier, I really thought they were going to win this game. I, I, you know, after beating the Saints and improving, quote unquote, to three and six, I kind of thought, well, if they're going to make a move, and these uh, 
kind of things always happen under Mike Tomlin. They do make a move eventually. I figured it would happen starting with the Bengals game. Because, I mean, if you're, if you're going to make a move, it's going to have to happen, as my old boss used to say, too sweet, which means right away. Uh, but it didn't happen. The move, at least not last Sunday, uh, it was an entertaining game, probably the most entertaining game of the year since the week one game against the Bengals. I guess these two teams really enjoy playing each other because it was certainly the most exciting game that they played since week one against Cincinnati. And, you know, I thought the offense looked pretty good, at least in the first half. Uh, Kenny Pickett looked, looked sharp. Uh, Najee Harris looked good again for, for a second week in a row. Um, but things kind of petered out in the second half of the offense. And they only put up, well, they put up, what, uh, 10 points in the second half, which usually is pretty good. But <laughs> for them, for, for this offense, it's pretty good. But uh, it wasn't enough on uh, Sunday. The uh, Bengals offense was, I thought, brilliant. I thought Joe Burrow was brilliant. Obviously, uh, T. Higgins, who, as we talked about last week, was elevated to their top receiving weapon in the absence of Jamar Chase. He had a phenomenal game. He was pretty much unstoppable, pretty much uncoverable. Is that the right word? Uh, nine catches for 148 yards. And, you know, he was just, he was a problem all, all game for whoever was covering him. But especially Arthur Millette, who just had his hands full. And, and let's let's be real. Arthur Millette should not be covering a receiver to caliber of, of T. Higgins. He, he's more a, a role player. He's a poor man's Mike Hilton. And really, you know, Mike Hilton is much better at, in coverage than Arthur Millette, who really is not good in coverage at all. I don't think he's more of a in-the-box kind of guy, uh, energy, high-energy kind of guy. St sticks his nose in there, not afraid to to get get himself dirty and bloody. But he's not a he's not a a, a cover guy. And, and and you know the Bengals found a way to to match him up on Higgins time and time again. And and it was just a a long day for him, but a long day for the defense in general. I thought I think the defense in many ways um, played its worst game since the Bills game. You know, I mean the Bengals. Yeah, they turned the ball over a couple times, but by and large, the Bengals had their way with, with the defense all afternoon. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, he was he was hit seven times and he was sacked twice, but he looked all the entire day. I mean, he made some passes that really, you know, truly elite quarterbacks can make. Only truly elite quarterbacks are capable of making and um you know, of course, he was the uh, in 2020, 2020, yeah, 2020. So uh, obviously he has that kind of talent. And, uh, you know, it, it was on display all afternoon. And the Steelers, they, they, they did a decent job stopping the run, uh, but they just cannot stop Cincinnati's passing game other than those two interceptions. And the second one by T.J. Watt was a uh, probably – his best play of the season that the, the leap at the line of scrimmage to pick off Burrow, which was the second time he's done that this year against them. And, um, you know, pro probably the reason why the offense is getting criticized more than the defense is, well, first of all, that's just how we do it in Pittsburgh in Steeler nation. And second of all, uh, 
Watts' interception was deep in Cincinnati's ter- Cincinnati territory, but Pittsburgh couldn't capitalize on it in the form of a touchdown. Said they had to set up for three points on Matthew Wright's right foot. And, uh, of course, the Bengals just ran away with it after that. You know, and, and uh, again, 137 to 30. So uh, that leaves Pittsburgh at three and seven. Uh, they're in last place in the division. They have seven games left. They are two losses away from, from their first losing season since 2003 and the first losing season under Mike Tomlin, who's been the coach since 07. Uh, they're really in a bad way. As far, I mean, if you're still thinking about playoffs, I mean, they're really in a bad way in that regard <laughs> because, you know, as I mentioned last week, uh, going into Sunday's game, or, game they were one and five in the conference now they're one and six and they are one and two in the division and i mean above and beyond anything else to repeat they're three and seven overall so it's regardless of what <laughs> you want to talk about tiebreakers uh they're just really on the cusp of being eliminated maybe not officially but realistically from having any kind of a First of all, any, a winning record and a, a season that at least keeps them in the hunt for the playoffs up until the end, which is what we're all familiar with around here, but it doesn't look like it, that's in the cards this year. Uh, I will say that, that you know, the quote-unquote easier part of their schedule is coming up. Obviously, they, they play the Colts on Sunday, and then they have games with the Panthers, um, the Falcons are on, on the horizon, uh, they they have the uh, Browns one more time. Uh, they have the Ravens twice, you know. So that's kind of like a you know, if they can get close to five hundred, you know, they can maybe make some noise there against the Ravens. But you know, let's be real. Um, we when we talk about an easier schedule. Those teams that they're playing, the Colts, the Browns the Falcons, the Panthers, they're all thinking the same thing about Pittsburgh. Well, that's a, that's a game we should win quote unquote, you know? So it's, it's like, who's, who's the uh, sacrificial lamb and who's, who's the cream puff and who's the, uh, the favorite team. You know, it's like the Spider-Man meme. They're they're all pointing at each other. You're the bad team. No, you're the bad team. So, you know, I'm not necessarily confident at this point that Pittsburgh can, uh, take advantage of the quote unquote soft part of their schedule over the next month or so. Um, if you look at the teams that they've played this year that people thought they should, should beat you know, teams like the Browns, the Jets, um, uh, who am I missing? The Browns, the Jets, uh, versus Saints. I think they're in those matchups, they are what, one and two? Yeah, they're one and two because they, they beat the Bengals. Uh, they upset them. They clearly weren't a, a cream puff. Uh, Buccaneers weren't a cream puff. And, you know, et cetera. One and two against the uh, teams that 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 uh, they realistically – well, not, I shouldn't even say realistically. Um, in the eyes of many, they should they should have defeated. They were one and two. So, you know, you have, what, four or five, six games against that kind of competition down the stretch – Four, five game, whatever it is. 
uh, if they split, you know, to, to me, it looks like they, if we're lucky, they'll split those games. So that leaves them with what, about six wins. And if they can knock off uh, somebody else, you get to seven. And to me, that might be the best they can hope for over these last seven games. So as far as playoffs and, and the things that, that Steeler fans typically dream about and, and, and hope for, uh, again, they're perilously, they're dangerously close to, uh, to seeing that all go away. But every team is due for a season like this at some point. And, if it does go down that way for Pittsburgh, if it is a lost season, well, it'll be the first one in nearly two decades. And really there aren't that many teams and fan bases that can say that. So on that note, let me get into the heart of the discussion tonight. And no, before I do that, no, before I do that, I want to, I want to criticize the defense. Okay. Because it, it, again, it never seems to get, it's just due in a, in a negative way <laughs> uh, after, after losses. It's always the offense. It's always Matt Canada. Of course, it's Kenny Pickett, uh, the quarterback, Mike Tomlin, Art the second, but people just like shy away from the, from being critical of the defense. And I don't know why. I honestly don't know why, you know, people, guys like me, right? Your average guy, your average middle-aged guy, which is even worse. No offense if you're an average middle-aged guy out there, but you know what I mean. I'm 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 insulting myself. Anyway, if you follow Twitter, guys like us often get accused of quote unquote simping for beautiful women on Twitter, you know, defending them and complimenting them too much. And you know, maybe it's a bad look. I'm sure it is. I don't really do I do that? Maybe I do, maybe it's a blind spot. That's really not that's neither here nor there. But my question to you is, why are you always simping for the defense? What's the defense ever done for you? You know, not much this year, I can tell you that. So, you know, again, why it's, why it's, 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 I guess it's just not a sexy thing also to, 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 to blame the defense. It's always much um, sexier, much uh, more rage inducing to constantly blame the, the coordinator, the offensive coordinator and the play calling and the quarterback. Those things seem to be much more um, discussion than talking about the defense. All we want to do with the defense is just, just defend it, talk about it being tired. That was another, that was thrown out there again last week. And I believe Cincinnati had 31 minutes in time of possession. So it's not like they ran away with the time of time of possession. So, you know, you know, if you don't want to believe me, and I can clearly see why you wouldn't want to believe me as far as the defense. Believe Shannon White. Shannon White talks about it all the time. He talked about it on Monday on The Hangover, about how this defense has been a big disappointment this year, highest paid in the league, and it's let them down more often than not. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the voice of reason, right? He's the pragmatic guy. He's the one who tells it, you know, straightforward, no BS. That's Shannon. So if you, if, if you don't want to believe me, believe Shannon. You know, who if I had to have somebody defend me in court, maybe I'd pick him to, to do it because you know he'd probably be able to to get my point across better than I am, better than I can. So, if you don't believe me? Believe Shannon. He says the same thing. 
the defense deserves more of the blame than it's gotten in 2022. So, you know, um, I just found last week's game funny. You know, people were were criticizing the offense because the defense secured, you know, they, they took the ball away twice, which they did deep in, in uh, Cincinnati territory and all Pittsburgh could come away with on offense uh, were two field goals. Okay. So at that, you know, in that circumstance, despite the fact that the defense gave up 37 points, really 34, uh, those three points at the end were, I don't blame the defense for that. That was just Pittsburgh failing to pick, pick up a, a first down, uh, deep in their own territory and Cincinnati just took, you know, scored, kicked the field goal, whatever. 34 points. Uh, despite the fact that they gave up 34 points, uh, people point to those two takeaways. Oh, look, they gave, they gave the, the, the offense a chance. Okay, fine. Uh, they were opportunistic, even though they gave a lot of points. I'll give you that. But how come in losses earlier this year, when, when the defense didn't get after the quarterback, didn't take the football away, 17-14 to the Patriots, 16-10 uh, to the Dolphins. People didn't talk about their lack of takeaways and, and their lack of pressure on the quarterback. What did they talk about? Well, hey, they, they did enough to win. They gave up uh, a suitable amount of points to win the game. So you, you know, it's kind of like you want your cake and you want to eat it too And when it comes to the defense. You want to poo-poo takeaways when the point total is right, but you want to highlight the takeaways when the point total is really crappy, which – it was uh, against the Bengals last week. So I know I talk about this every week, but it seems like I have to because it's, it's just it's just something that gets neglected every single week, at least after a loss. You know, I thought the defense was spectacular against the uh, Saints. You know, it, it did everything you wanted it to do. It obviously uh, limited the New Orleans to 10 points, uh, but also recorded they recorded two uh, sacks. They took the ball away. That's what you want from a defense, right? And it was the trifecta that day. No problem with the defense in that game. No problem with the defense in, in, in Cincinnati in week one. Fabulous. But most games, uh, other than Cincinnati, the first Cincinnati game and the Saints game, most other games, the defense has been awful, or at least underwhelming this year. All right. On that note, at the 23-minute mark, I'm going to take a pause now and allow the, the folks who are listening to me on audio only, the audio only side, to hear a word from our sponsors. I'll be back shortly, but everybody. And welcome back, kids. Welcome back to the second half, the post-break portion of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio, and I thank you for being with me on this fine Friday night, for sticking with me um, after the break, and for being here to talk about a 3-7 and seven football team. There's 58 in you in the live chat right now on a Friday night on Thanksgiving weekend. That tells me that you're passionate about the Steelers and I can't blame you for that because I am too. And sometimes passion comes out in the form of negative reactions, which is understandable. After all, fan is short for fanatic. And I think we all are that to a certain degree. And that brings me to the main 
topic of tonight's show, and that's Kenny Pickett. And I talk about Kenny Pickett every week. We all talk about Kenny Pickett because that's just what we do. Quarterback's the sexy position. It's the most high-profile position in all of team sports. It's the most scrutinized position in all of team sports. It's the most celebrated position in all of team sports. So naturally, we're going to talk about it each and every week, especially when you're talking about a rookie quarterback in one Kenny Pickett, who, let's be real, has struggled this year. You know, um, I think in fairness to Pickett, he has shown some tangible qualities uh, as a quarterback. People always, that's a new thing now. Uh, when people criticize Pickett, they say, well, the only, the only um, compliments anybody ever gets Pickett are, are about his intangibles, about his moxie, his fire, his confidence. What about the physical side of it? Well, I think you see that every week. He does make a throw or two or three every game that makes you go, hmm, there's some potential there. He does put a ball on the money. He does thread the needle. He does that every week. You know, where he, he makes he gives you hope that there's more uh, of that to his game. So, you know, there are some. There have been some good physical uh, things uh, for, from Pickett to be excited about uh, through six plus games, but he has struggled. Uh, and the offense continues, well, with the exception of last week, the offense has mostly struggled under Pickett's leadership. Of course, it's struggled under everybody's leadership this year, but uh, certainly uh, with Pickett, it hasn't gotten much better. Or, in fact, you can say it's gotten worse. And you know, now you're starting to, to hear more cries, more more um, a, a debate about whether or not Pickett is the right man for the job as the Steelers future starting quarterback, their future franchise quarterback. And, uh, you know, as I wrote on Friday, it's, 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 it's way too early to, to make that determination either way. You know, I'm not, I'm certainly not willing to, to, to say it that he is the future, but I'm not going to write him off already. That just, it's just not, that's just so premature. It's just, totally premature right now to do, uh, to do that. You know, um, I just, I, I think people fail to grasp just how hard it is to master the quarterback position in the NFL and to, to, to learn that position on the fly in your rookie year. You know, what Pickett's going through right now is perfectly, in my opinion, normal. It's certainly common it's certainly something you see more often than not from a rookie starting quarterback, you know, and, you know, there's no need to, to even think about drafting another quarterback next year. You know, what's the point of that? Right. I mean, they made a huge investment in Kenny Pickett this past off season. They did their homework. They did their due diligence. Everybody who who's anybody uh, met with Kenny Pickett. Art the second, for crying out loud, was that the uh, uh, the 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 what do they call it? the the <laughs> the mobile whatever that game is? Oh gosh, I can't think of the name of the game. Anyway, that that game uh, in Mobile, Alabama. 
blue gray, whatever it's called. I, I don't remember. It's so long ago, but he was there. Uh, they did their homework and they decided that Kenny Pickett was was the best quarterback of of, of the the uh, the draft crop, and they picked him. And now they owe it to themselves, and they owe it to him, and they owe it to the their team and their fans to let this process continue to play out with Kenny Pickett. You keep sending him out there every week. Um, you keep letting him, him, him learn on the fly. You keep letting him go through the fire, uh, make the mistakes and see what happens if that same situation crops up again. How does he react? Does he, does he uh, make the same mistake? Does he make a different mistake or does he make a great play or the right play? They have to keep doing that every week with Kenny Pickett. Uh, there's no sense in pulling him out of the lineup right now. I've heard that talked about. Jerry Dulac mentioned that the other day. He brought up the possibility of, you know, well, it's not the end of the world to, to bench Kenny Pickett and uh, put in Mitch Trubisky or even put in Mason Rudolph. That's, I've heard that. I knew, I, knew we, I knew we would get there sooner or later. And we're finally there where there's a groundswell for people. Uh, of people asking for or calling for, for Mason Rudolph to start. And I knew it was just a matter of time, but you don't do that right now. No. Uh, and, and if you do that, what is, what, what, what is your end game? To what end would you, would you put in Trubisky or, or, or even Rudolph at this point to try to get back in the race, uh, to win eight or nine games? Uh, you know, I mean, I, as I mentioned earlier, in the show, they're one and six in the AFC as far as their conference record. So, you know, even if they go on a roll and, and win seven games in a row, they might be on, on the outside looking in when all is said and done when it comes to, to tiebreakers. You know, at, at this point, they almost need a tie to, to wipe out any tiebreaker. <laughs> you know, they need to win like six of their last seven games and have one of those have the, the, the the only non-win be a tie. That's what they need, really, to make the playoffs. Probably. I mean, that's so. What, what if you if you pull Kenny Pickett out right now, and and put somebody else in? Why are you doing that? Because you want to get back in the race? Uh, it, it can't be because you think Kenny Pickett is totally lost and 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 just a, a train wreck at this point. Because he doesn't look like he's anywhere near that stage right now. Is he struggling again? Yes. But he doesn't look like he like like he's totally just just um, devoid of confidence and 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 the ability to 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 quarterback a game in the NFL even as a rookie. He doesn't look like he's anywhere close to that yet. Um, is he missing wide open receivers? Yes. Is he is he a little too inaccurate for for my taste? Of course. But. As far as the accuracy part, I'm not worried about that at all. And the reason why I say that is because Pickett came into the league uh, with a reputation of being accurate in college. I mean, that was one of his strong points, that he was really accurate. And, you know, they always say that if a quarterback comes into the league with a having a problem with accuracy, it's hard to coach that out of him and, and uh, make him an accurate passer. So Pickett came into the league – uh, with that attribute, do you mean to tell me he lost that after six plus games? No, 
I don't think so. What, what, what it tells me is he's just, he, he doesn't have a anywhere near the grasp of, of the playbook that he needs. He doesn't have anywhere near the grasp of what it takes to be a quarterback and, and everything that, you know, he has to process every play at this point. So he's probably thinking too much. He's, uh, he's not playing uh, on instinct. You know, he's, he's not um, just letting his, his natural abilities uh, um, lead the way. You know, he, he's just inside his own head probably. And, 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 to me, that's it's manifesting itself and him missing wide open receivers. When I say missing, I mean not even looking that way. Uh, and and it, it's manifesting itself in, in these inaccurate passes, throwing balls in the ground, being you know, throwing uh, passes behind his receivers too high, too low. That, that all that it's just it's just it's just manifesting itself in that way. So you know, I I think once he once he um starts to, f- to figure out the game a little bit more, his accuracy will improve. His, his decision-making will improve, you know, um, and, and, and he'll start to improve over his game overall. So I, I think that's what, that's, um, it's my opinion anyway, you know, but, uh, to, to, to be ready to move on from him already. It's just, it's just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and you can't do that if you're them. You can't. Uh, to me, if you're the Steelers, you give Kenny Pickett three years to be your starter and to see if there's if there's marked improvement from this year, from now to the end of the year, and then next year, uh, see where he's at next year, and then year three. And then after that, then you can reevaluate. Where are we, if, meaning the Steelers, where are we with Kenny Pickett? What do we think his ceiling is? Is he the guy that we want to pay the big quarterback money to in the immediate future? Because after, after year three, when you're a first-round pick, that's when they have to decide whether or not to pick up your fifth-year option. As you saw this year with Devin Bush, they didn't do that. As you saw last year with Terrell Evans, they didn't do that. That's when you uh, maybe decide that, look, all right, it's been three years and he really hasn't made any kind of steady improvement. Uh, that the it factor we all thought he had, it's not there. Uh, and it's probably time to move on. And then maybe you let him play one more year or maybe you draft the quarterback in year four of Pickett's rookie contract. And you do so with the idea in mind that he's, you're going to move on from him and, uh, go with the, the, uh, the, the rookie in year, you know, year two. So to me, that's, that's how you handle it. You give, you give Pickett three years, unless again, unless he's a total, he turns into a total train wreck and a, a toxic figure in the locker room. Uh, you, 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 you give him three years. It, it drives me insane. As I've said before, when, when teams move on so quickly from a young quarterback, they don't give him time to develop. They don't wait and see if he can, uh, take that, you know, the, the necessary steps that one must take to be a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so I just, uh, I, I don't see them in any way moving on from Kenny Pickett anytime soon, nor should they. So those are all of my thoughts on this night. 
and I will round out the show by perusing that and seeing what you folks, you find folks have to say tonight. Let's get some Thanksgiving stuff out of the way. And this Dakota says, eating leftovers is like eating pasta the next day. It gets better overnight. Maybe you were thinking about that all day. Yeah, well, I'm, I have some leftovers in my in my fridge that I'm going to eat courtesy of my mom. And Ed uh, asked, or says, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I did. It was nice and quiet. Ate a little bit too much, but it wasn't wasn't like past years. My level of overeating this year is far inferior, I guess, to my level of overeating when I was 185. Now I'm 165-ish, probably a little bit heavier today <laughs> uh, after yesterday. But now my Id- idea of overeating is still overeating, but not like it used to be. I'm, I'm far more cautious now. I don't want to ruin uh, the hard work I put in these last seven months. And I've got Brian Brown's comment about Anthony McFarlane. This is one from Just Me, who says, just got off a 12-hour shift working retail. I'm tired and, and glad I have a place I can come and chat and listen to you, Tony. Thank you. Well, thank you, Just Me. And wow, 12 hours retail on Black Friday. You, my dear, deserve a medal. And if I had the means, I'd, I'd mail you one. That is what I call above and beyond. 12 hours retail on Black Friday. Yikes. You deserve a break, and I'm glad I, I'm here to help uh, soften the blow. So you hang in there, just me. All right, Sealer Spurg is with us, with us, Michael O'Malley. And this is one from Kathy Ford. Great minds think alike. And she says of Just Me's Day on Friday, you deserve a medal for surviving Black Friday and 12 hours. Exactly. John C. is with us. Welcome, welcome, guys. Wow, I'm really... Uh, Got some uh, old old uh, uh, <laughs> comments I got to get to. All right, let's see. Here's one from George Hoover about the draft, and he says if the Steelers finish in top five, uh, in the top five or bottom five for the draft, they better take a left tackle and the best cornerback on the board. Yeah, and I, I'm wondering, you know, what is more uh, pertinent for them right now? Uh, Obviously, they went out and they, they got William Jackson. They traded for him uh, a while ago. Of course, he's on IR now. But So um, you really don't know about him yet. Of course, he's, he's basically a journeyman at this point. Keller Willowspoon has been so hit or miss um, since he became a Steeler, and, and, and um, he's been hurt the last several weeks. Uh, Levi Wallace has been okay. Uh, Cam Sutton's really good, but he's not – a number one corner. So my question is if they're in a the top five and there's a Jalen Ramsey type cornerback, I think it, that'd be hard to, uh, to pass on even for a left tackle. You know, I, I know I realize they're both important. Both of those positions uh, are, uh, you know, they get the big money. And if you don't have uh, great players at either, either position, you suffer, but cornerbacks are just so hard to find after the top 10, you can probably find a, a good left tackle a little bit later, but you know, if you don't, if, if you get too far into the first round, it's hard to find a, a, a top notch cornerback. So that'd be maybe that if there's a guy there, that might be my, my, my number one priority. 
This one is from Ken Brown from YouTube. Welcome, Ken. And he says, the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs, so they should be playing each game like the preseason games. Play all four quarterbacks to, to determine which ones you want to keep. Well, I mean, they, they're not going to they're, they're not gonna, um, do anything but continue to start Kenny Pickett. You know, Mitch Trubisky, he's not the future here, regardless of, of what happens with Kenny Pickett. And Mason Rudolph, why in the blue heck would Mason Rudolph want to come back here next year? <laughs> you know, there's just no way. I mean, he, the guy wants to leave and, and, and go somewhere where he could be a legit, um, or he would have a legit chance of starting. He's not going to have that here. So, you know, to me, you keep playing Kenny Pickett, barring injury. Ron Schultz from Facebook. Welcome, Ron. And he says, offense must be rebuilt. They are currently demoralizing the defense with all the three and outs. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, I hate to absolve, you know, I'm not going to excuse the defense for its, its poor play this year, uh, or at least its subpar play this year. But the offense definitely does need a lot of work. And it is being rebuilt, really, in, in a lot of ways. It, it's so young. You know, everybody on, on the offensive side is is young and, and, and mostly on their, you know, with, with the exception of uh, of Daniels and, and Mason Cole, uh, you know, they're, they're and I guess, Shooks, too. They're, they're on their rookie deals, right? Um, well, no, Deontay Johnson just signed a, a new deal. But they're all young, right? And they're all unproven. So the offense is being rebuilt, but obviously it, it's it need there, more rebuilding needs to take place, and it's probably going to be in the form of a of a uh, more linemen being infused into that unit next year via the draft. Uh, this one is from uh, Michael O'Malley. You have to take a cornerback top ten, but Tom can't draft a cornerback. He isn't capable of it. Well, that, I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring that up earlier. He's been incapable of drafting a a cornerback so far in his tenure as the coach, because I mean, their one chance at at drafting in the top 10, they had to move up to do that. And they drafted Devin Bush, who that was a priority for them. As I said earlier, I think the Pittsburgh's biggest problem with drafting cornerbacks uh, under Mike Tomlin is never having a premium pick to do so. Because usually with, the, with some exceptions, usually those top guys go in the top five or ten. You know, Jalen Ramsey, those kind of people. Every now and then, uh, maybe a Marcus Peters will slip like closer to twenty. But that guy had to be like a total jerk in college and get uh, kicked off his college team to all that far. A, a Marcus Peters, who's not a total tool, which he kind of is, probably gets drafted in the top five or ten in, in most years. So. Like I said, it, it, the, the, the premium draft or the premium corners usually don't last uh, to the por- portion of the draft where people like teams like the Steelers draft. And, and that's why you have to set up for an Artie Burns or hope that a William Jackson III falls you. And it turns out he was no bargain either. So, And the Cuda 70 says a Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph has the best job on a team, makes over $4 million a year. And a free lunch every day. Why would he want to leave? Because he's a competitor. I mean, you know, obviously he's making good money, but he'd make even better money as a starter, and he'd get the recognition of being a a a a, a 
star in the league if he, you know, if, if he, you know, takes it to that level. Plus, I mean, again, if 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 a court, if, if if somebody's just content with being a with not even dressing on game day, then that's probably somebody who doesn't even belong in the league because they're probably, um, you know, their priorities are all all askew. So there's no question in my mind that Mason Rudolph has the fire to 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 want to prove to the to the world that that he can start, you know, and maybe you know. If he does get a, a good shot, in, in you know with another team, and he doesn't uh, take advantage of it, then maybe he'd he'd um, resign himself to to the reality that okay, look, my lot in this league is as a back. Excuse me. I, 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 that was my fault. That's how I, I, I smacked my mic. Anyway, I'm back. Until he, until, until Rudolph uh, gets that legit chance for a, over a season at least, or two or three, he's he's probably gonna want to keep fighting until until he proves to himself that either he can be that guy or he isn't that guy. All right. Uh, let's see what we have here. This one from Mike McCadney from Facebook. This has been a, a, a really controversial topic this week. And he asks, do you agree with the Bengals player about Steelers predictable play calling? Does that fall on Canada or Pickett? And he's talking about uh, Jermaine Pratt, the Bengals linebacker who said that after, after Sunday's game, that, that Pittsburgh's offense likes to run the plays over and over and over again. Uh, I agree with it. Yes. But I also disagree with it. Um, <coughs> do I agree that they that, that they run the same plays over and over again? <coughs> Excuse me. And that uh, it, maybe it's it's easier for uh, opposing defenses to key on them, specifically uh, division rivals. Yeah. But most teams run the same kind of plays over and over again. They just have different variations of each formation, you know, each formation they run out there, each personnel grouping they run out there, they have different formations and different, I'm sorry, different uh, uh, play calls, several play calls for each formation, depending on the look that the, the defense gives them. You look at some of the greatest teams, greatest offenses of all time, they were running the same kind of plays over and over and over again. You know, most famously, the, the 60s Packers with, with the uh, the Packers sweep. You knew it was coming. You couldn't stop it, right? You know, uh, so I guess my point is it's probably more about execution and talent than it is about predictability. Because if you have the talent and you have the ability to execute, uh, you know, you can tell somebody what's coming and, and they might have a hard time stopping it, you know? So... You know, I'm sure Pratt uh, thought that he was, you know, that, 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 that you know, he, 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 was, he did his homework. But I think the biggest problem is execution. And part of that does fall on Kenny Pickett because he, he's a rookie quarterback. 
and you know he's he's, he's struggling though but it's also it also falls on on those other players too the, the line you know not being able to to pick up certain um stunts and 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 and, and win certain battles etc cetera, etc cetera. all right And this one from Mark Malone who says Rudolph can't run the jet sweep. He was doomed from the from the beginning. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about about that. The one thing I, I getting back to to Pickett and getting back to any quarterback that seems to play f- for Matt Canada this year and last year apparently is there's no real ability to audible. Uh, Charlie Batch mentioned on on. The post-game show Sunday that uh, receivers don't have hot reads. They don't run hot routes uh, for potential blitzes. So if Pickett and whatever receiver is reading a blitz, uh, there's no hot route for that. And, you know, how many times have you seen Pickett the last few weeks uh, avoid a blitz, roll to his left, roll to his right, whatever, but seemingly had nobody to throw to. And he winds up just like running to the sideline and tossing the ball out of bounds. To me, that might be indicative of of uh, not having a hot route, a hot read, and just you know the the receivers have to run the routes that they run, and if they're not open, all you can do is throw the ball out of bounds. And to me, that speaks to perhaps Canada's ego, or maybe Tomlin's ego, and not wanting these guys to to to, to, to call audible. Because you heard the same thing about about Trubisky that he was not allowed to call audibles, which. For him, makes absolutely no sense after this amount of time in the league. You know, seriously, I mean, what has Matt Canada done up to this point in his career to warrant the the sovereignty of, I don't want you changing my place? I mean, have a resume first. Then maybe you can, you can tell even your rookie quarterback that he can't change the place. All right. On that note... Got fired up there. It's Matt Canada. That's what he does to people. But on that note, I'm going to call it a night. Um, don't forget to keep checking back over the weekend uh, to Behind the Snow Curtains uh, YouTube channel, uh, Facebook page, uh, but uh, the, 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 more importantly, the, the audio side, because um, that's where we have the, uh, all of the content on the audio side. So, so please check check that out check out the uh, the website we're going to keep bringing you news and content all throughout the weekend and uh, check back on monday for any last minute news about the steelers before they take on the colts on monday night football and i will talk to you on tuesday on the hangover with brian and shannon until then you guys have a great weekend and as well wait, wait a minute. let me let me start that I, I forgot to do the music I got I got to do the music or Brian will Brian will find me. But again, please check back all throughout the weekend for news and commentary about, about, about the Steelers. Until I talk to you on Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving uh, holiday. Uh, watch some college football, some pro football. Have fun with the family, and as always, go. Through-